And let's say you've created three different versions of that same ad, which are basically telling the same thing, but you want to split test to see what kind of video, uh, what kind of what kind of video, what kind of format is going to help uh, resonate the most with the audience. And if you don't have a budget, you can do, you can test that organically. So you put one out one week, you can put one out the next week and put one out the third week. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast where we dive deep into the world of effective video marketing to attract your tribe and grow your business. Let me ask you something. Are you running Facebook ads for your business? Have you started using video ads yet? And the real question, how effective are your ads at driving the right audience to take the right action? In today's show, I'm joined by Facebook ads expert, Paul Raimondo, and we'll be exploring all about video in Facebook ads. And we're gonna get super tactical in the show today, as Paul walks us through pretty much how to set up an entire Facebook video ad funnel, what to do, what buttons to click, where to go, and what not to do. So you're not gonna wanna miss this, so keep listening. But first, a bit more about Paul. Paul Raimondo is a sought-after keynote speaker on digital marketing, a content creator, Facebook ads nerd, and the founder of Raimondo Media, a boutique digital shop that works with clients such as Porsche, Red Bull, Choice Hotels, and Australian Sports Nutrition. In addition to running Raimondo Media, Paul also teaches entrepreneurs how to generate leads and sales using Facebook ads and digital marketing funnels via his e-learning company, funnels101.com. Now, if you haven't come across Paul before, you're going to love his enthusiasm and energy in everything he does. And as a fellow Aussie, it's an honor to have him on the show today. So are you ready? Let's get into it. All right, Paul Raimondo, thanks for joining me on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. It is awesome to have you here from the other side of the country over at, over in Perth, I believe, yeah? Yeah, correct. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. I appreciate it. Awesome to have another Aussie marketing strategist join me on the show. So often speaking to people in the US and the UK, but there's some amazing people doing amazing things here in Australia as well on a global stage. So that's why I wanted to bring you on. And um, as I said in the introduction there, what I really want to focus in on today is particularly video used in Facebook ad funnels. But before we get into any of that stuff, I want to hear your story. And for our listeners that haven't heard of Paul Raimondo before, what got you into, I guess, the world of digital marketing that, that you're in today? 100% man. So I'll try and give you the, the nutshell. Uh, it's been quite a journey. I'll try and give you the nutshell version. So I got started in uh, social marketing when I was 18, right? So I was at uni and I was doing marketing and financial accounting and stuff at uni. And I was like a massive emo kid when I was younger, right? So I was super into the music scene, but like, couldn't really play any instruments. <laughs> so I wanted to be involved in the music scene, but I wasn't a musician, right? So my whole thing was like, I've always, I've always been fascinated by social psychology and, um, you know, running businesses and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I kind of got involved in social media marketing through the music scene, doing event promotions because like, this is back in the days, like 2007, 2008. And this is back in the days where Facebook, you know, wasn't really, this was pre IPO Facebook. So they weren't really around, but MySpace was the bread and butter of, I guess, marketing. And it was so, I mean, back in 2008, it was just so, so huge. And this is at a time where in order to get, kids to come to these local music shows, we had the option of spending 250 to $500 on print media in like local music magazines, um, you know, in the weeks leading up to the show. And I mean, these shows were grossing like, you know, it, like at best, sometimes like a thousand dollars, right? So you got a thousand dollars and you got to pay the musicians and then you've got nothing for your, your efforts. And instead of, we basically moved from, moved away from print media and started investing in MySpace and social media marketing. That was kind of how I fell in love with social media marketing. And it was amazing because we were marketing on a platform where our target market's eyeballs were spending the most time and it was free. You know what I mean? So that's how I kind of got started and um, 
yeah, to cut a super long story short, I went to uni and I uh, was doing marketing and financial accounting. And I was like, I'm going to become an accountant because six figure salary by 25, 26 will be so sick. And I was so young and so naive. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, kind of finished my degree and was like, I don't want to become an accountant because that's just not really my vibe. Doesn't really, not really congruent with what I'm passionate about. And yeah, I um, had this marketing degree and um, a bit of you know background in social media marketing, and that's kind of how it all started. So, got involved um, in a startup social media agency, and then I worked client side doing uh, digital marketing and um, you know marketing management, and then worked uh, in the corporate world for about five years and got to the point where I was like, I just, I want something more. I want to kind of do this myself. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. So I started my, um, my company, Ramondo Media, which is a digital marketing service based company in 2015. And I've also got my personal brand and where I teach other people how to do what I do. And yeah, I've been doing that full time for three, just had a three year anniversary of my company last week. Awesome. Congratulations. Three years in. Ben. So tell me, tell me, what, what really fires you up right now? Before we get into the kind of tactical stuff we're going to talk about in this episode, what's firing you up in the work that you're doing right now? Creating content and I mean, creating really engaging content, which is transformative, whether that's in a business sense or in a, uh, like a personal or professional development sense, and really just creating content that engages with members of my audience or, you know, captures new members and brings them into my audience that it just make, gets me so excited. If I could just, sounds cliche, but just being able to help people and provide as much value as possible and create that transformative experience through whether it's, you know, micro content, 60 seconds on Instagram videos, or even just like, you know, aesthetic photos and that kind of thing, but really just creating transformative content through, uh, through video. That's, it just gets me so excited. <laughs> Awesome. That's cool. And I know we're going to dive into a little bit of that in this chat today as well, but I want to talk about Facebook because I know in the work that you do, you are very deep in the world of Facebook and understanding Facebook and helping your clients get the most out of Facebook, particularly Facebook advertising as well. So before we get into the good parts and, and what you should be doing, let's talk about where you see most businesses I guess, fumbling around or, or failing when it comes to using Facebook for their brand? Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's, it's, I've kind of see it change. It's trying to change over the years. Cause I feel like uh, the early adopting or the earlier adopter phase of, you know, we need to be on Facebook. We need to be marketing and telling our story on, on digital is kind of everyone's, everyone's kind of already, everyone's had a sip of that Kool-Aid and they're like, we get it. Like, so the biggest thing, and I always come back to this, the biggest thing I've seen and I continue to see is businesses failing to understand uh, how to tell their story correctly, whether it be through video, or whether it just be through basic content on Facebook or on social media and um, kind of like not really understanding what is important uh, to their target market in terms of what kind of content they want to see and how they can create that content to align with their overarching business goals. So, I mean, just if we were to give a simple answer to how, how do they figure out what is important? What is the messaging that is important? Is there an easy answer? Um, well, it's, it's a hard question, Ben. Um, mm. I wouldn't say there's, there's really an easy answer. I, well, the easiest answer would be you've just got to really get in there, start playing around and uh, test to see what works, right? Because I, our, as marketers, it's kind of like we don't have all the answers. We're dealing with human beings at the end of the day. And we don't know what's going to work, but the best way to work out what is going to work is to one test and whether you're running ads, testing at a small daily budget, split testing, working out, you know, running different variations of video content or different variations of ads and seeing, letting your data inform you in terms of what's working and what's not working. Um, and then if we go like more meta or step, take a step back, it's really just understanding the psychology behind why people are on certain platforms, the difference in psychology and the difference in consumption behavior between people using what are people doing on Snapchat? What are people doing on Instagram? Why are people on Facebook? And what kind of mind, mindset are they in when they are consuming content on those platforms? Like if I'm on YouTube, I'm gonna, my, my whole consumption psychology on YouTube in terms of video content is going to be so different to that of when I'm scrolling through Facebook, right? So if I'm on, if I'm on Facebook, like I'm on Facebook for work, but if I'm on Facebook just in my own personal time, I'm usually just scrolling through my feed and just seeing what my friends are up to and just, have, looking at a few memes and that's maybe that may be it. But if I'm on a YouTube session where I'm like 
I'm, if I'm on YouTube, it's like TV. I want to sit down and I want to watch long form content or long form engaging content from content creators that I really enjoy that I'm subscribed to. So I'm willing to sit down and go through a 15, 20 minute video. Like this morning when I was getting ready and like, I watch like a few YouTube videos every morning as part of my morning routine while I'm eating breakfast. I spent 30 minutes this morning watching a 30 minute piece of uh, documentary content from one of my favorite YouTube creators. And that's amazing. And I'm subscribed to his channel. I've watched probably 10, 20, 30 hours worth of content just from this one creator. But that kind of consumption behavior of video content is not something that I would do on Facebook. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We actually had an interesting conversation on the podcast with Justin Brown from Primal Video, um, who's big in the YouTube space recently. So we, we got into some of that conversation. So for those listening, head on, head on back and have a listen to that episode too. But let's talk, um, let's talk Facebook ads in particular, because anyone who's, who's had a go or, or dove in, in some, in any way to the Facebook ads platform knows how easy Facebook makes it to spend money on their platform. It's, yep. it's almost too easy. I would say the ability for a business. It's, it's, to, it's funny that it's funny that right Ben. like, it's like they want you to spend money on their ads. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. like crazy. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah, of course. But you know, I think the danger is that it is too easy for people to connect their credit card to their Facebook ads account or to set up a Facebook ads account um, for their business in the first place and start boosting posts, spending money, having a goal running ads. And I know you did say that it's, um, it's a good idea to, to just test and measure, spend a small amount and see what works. However, I think for many businesses as well, they're often missing the mark and wasting money. So 100%. what do you say so to that? On, on, yeah. And yeah, a hundred percent, Ben, like encircling on that point, you asked me earlier, um, you know, where, where a business is fumbling the most when it comes to, you know, using social creating content, using Facebook and I went down the, uh, you know, understanding from a very strategic level, I guess, what kind of content should you be producing to begin with? But the real, another big place where businesses fumble that you just touched on is how do you actually spend the money on ads and how do you get them out there? And Facebook makes it, like you said, so easy to just press that boost button when you upload a video to your, uh, to your feed or to your page. And you know, you could throw a hundred dollars at it and you get thousands of views or, you know, thousands of people reached, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you've reached the right people or that you've, well, it basically it doesn't the vanity metrics of you reaching all those people by pressing that boost button and spending 10 to a hundred dollars doesn't mean that it's being spent correctly. So I think one of the big places where people that are starting out with Facebook ads, where they do really fumble is actually going and pressing that boost button because it's seems like, Oh, cool. I can get a lot more reach and this is going to be great. But realistically speaking, you're not leveraging Facebook's a, the biggest, greatest marketing data harvest, harvesting tool in a history, in the absolute history of marketing, in my opinion. And the amount of data points that Facebook has on all of us as users, as well as how we're all interconnected, it's, it's, it's scary, right? But as marketers, we should, and you know, running Facebook ads, it's our responsibility to leverage that data because that's what it's there for. So we can get in front of our, the right target audience and tell the story correctly. And simply going and pressing that boost button is a sure, it's a really easy way to just throw away a bunch of, a bunch of money without any real return on investment. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the rise of video as well on the platform is it just adds more complexity and potential overwhelm to, to what you can do as a business on Facebook and around the ads platform, because now we see in our own feed as a, as a Facebook user or consumer, we see a lot of video ads being shown to us. And some of those are very effective Many of those, at least in my own personal experience, are ineffective and potentially wasted. Um, so what about, well, what do you say about the video uh, use of creative on Facebook ads? So I guess, you know, what's, what's the pros and what's the cons? Of video, of using video of on video Facebook? Ads, yeah. I, yeah, video ads, 100%. Well, I feel like we've already touched on one of the cons, which is, you know, it's very easy to throw away your money without a tangible return on investment. And I mean, in terms of the pros, like you, that's part, it's, it's a con and a pro because you can throw it away so easily. But on the flip side of that same coin, you can also like, you can literally run your video content to your most defined audience, to your perfect avatar of an audience member and get that video content and touch them. And like I was saying earlier, be transformative in terms of 
giving that video content to them because you've gotten in front of the right eyeballs. You've gotten in front of the right people that are part of your target market. And I think that's one of the, the massive pros of running ads, not just video ads, but just running ads in general on Facebook is because you can get in front of that right audience. However, if you need to take a step back and work out like, okay, I want to get in, my, in front of the right audience. Why am I, why do I want to get in front of the right audience? Like, what's my strategy? Like why, what I've created all this video content or I'm wanting to create video content. What's the strategy behind? I know I need to be using video. Why do I need to be using video? And I guess kind of working out what your overarching goal is behind wanting to run video content and run video ads, and then what creating that story, creating that creative and then targeting it correctly at your most engaged audience. All right, cool. So what I'm going to do now is, is get tactical with you because I'd, I'd love for you to kind of walk us through uh, a, a particularly a, a Facebook video ad funnel. So how would you, and we can start with the strategy, you know, if it makes sense for you to talk about what, you know, before you even start thinking about running the ads, you know, what should be going through your, through your mind as a business. And then, you know, how does it work? How does it play out in your mind? So cool to do that. Yeah, hundred percent, man. So, um, I guess Ben, let's, uh, let's pick a, uh, let's pick a, let's pick a niche and give us, give us a hypothetical, uh, business that's wanting to run video and let's we'll work, work from there. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll pick a, we'll pick a niche based on, you know, some of our core, core target audience, um, or, or target market for my agency work, which is professional service firms. So let's say it's a, it's a law firm. It's a single, you know, single office law firm based in a, let's go for a regional area of Australia. So they're not even yep. in the big smoke, you know, but they have a, a good yep. amount of potential clients in their area that they can yep. serve. How do they reach them and convert them through Facebook yep. video ads? Cool. So, um, all of the, all of the, uh, strategy and all of the advice I'm about to give is one, I'm not a lawyer Two, I don't know what the, uh, if that, what the laws behind, uh, advertising and what you can and can't say as that kind of professional service, but let's just assume it's a free for all. Um, so at the end of the day, if they're just trying to acquire clients, right. Let's say let's niche down even further. If they're in a small regional country town and let's say they specialize in, um, a certain type of law, let's pick, uh, don't know anything about law to be completely well, honest. Let's say, let's um, say it's traffic, traffic infringements, you know, so yep, traffic infringements, one perfect. too many speeding tickets and you, you go to the lawyer to try and get out of it. Right. So something simple. Yep. 100%. Right. Something like that. So I guess at the, at the very, so let's talk about a funnel first. So uh, the most basic time, type of funnel and in marketing, for those that don't know, like a funnel is basically where you take someone from not knowing about your business at all. And you kind of caught them through a process where they become aware of your business, which is the very top of the funnel. So they, you attract them to your business with whether it's through content or however you attract them to your business and you make them aware of what your business does or how their problem can be solved at the top of your funnel. And then in the middle of your funnel, it's kind of like the courtship phase of your funnel, right? Where they're considering whether your business is the right fit in order to help them solve their problem. And then at the end of the funnel is really the conversion part of the funnel, the commitment part of the funnel. Okay, cool. I've like, I'm aware of this business and I feel like they're the right people for me. Now I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hot engaged lead and I'm really interested to learning more about how this small law firm in a regional town can help me get out of my traffic fines because I've got a bit of a lead foot, right? So taking a step back even further, like before you go and even create that content, you've obviously got to have an idea of like what your business stands for and how your business goes about, um, you know, telling its story and how it wants to appear to the marketplace, right? So you've got to have your, I guess, your, your, an understanding of what your brand ethos is and what your brand guidelines are at the top of the funnel. If you wanted to create a really basic um, lead generation funnel, if the problem is that the funnel is trying to solve, that your business is trying to solve for the problem is, okay, I've got too many speeding fines at the top of the funnel. You create some kind of content, which would like appeal to those people in your targeted audience around solving that problem. So it could be something as simple as a 30 second piece of uh, micro content around could just be a talking head piece of the, the head lawyer or the owner of that law firm. Um, basically, running people through what your rights and responsibilities are as a driver, um, running them through, I don't know, um, what, uh, have you been caught in, uh, you know, have you been caught speeding recently? Um, do you feel like you've had an unjust uh, experience with that? Whatever, whatever the problem is that they're, whatever angle they're trying to go with, that was, that's the kind of content that would create at the very top of the funnel. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then in terms of, uh, I mean, how, like how from there, 
you've created the awareness, right? And you can run that. I mean, how tactical do you want to do you want to go, Ben? Like, yeah, yeah let's get um, tactical. Let's get down into into the weeds here a bit. Okay, so let's let's just assume. And again, like I said, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't really know how uh, <laughs> how how this is how this would really work from um, what you can and can't say. But let's just say you've created a 30-second uh, piece of micro content, and from a from a tactical strategic perspective. You want to be telling, making sure that content is, if it's being told, like pushed out in Facebook, I would recommend creating that content in a 1080 by 1080 pixel uh, dimensions, right? So, yeah, so the idea with running through so a square, right? So yeah. a, a normal a normal video is 1920 by 1080. That's your standard widescreen format, right? And that's fine. You can upload those videos to Facebook. However, like it's all about maximizing the attention that you can capture within the Facebook newsfeed. So. At the end of the day, if you're putting a 19, uh, 1920 by 1080 video out, you're only effectively taking up a small amount of people's mobile phones or of their feed on Facebook. If you do a 1080 by 1080 square video, you're taking a lot more. You're taking up a lot more content, um, a lot more space. So immediately you're positioning your content to capture and demand more attention at the uh, in the feed. So you push that out there. Now, in terms of uploading the content to Facebook, I would recommend uploading it um, if you want to test it and you do have a small amount of budget and let's say you've got a thousand page likes, for example, small audience, you could upload it organically first, right? So you go into your video library on the Facebook page um, settings uh, for your page and upload that organically. And let's say you've created three different versions of that same ad, which are basically telling the same thing, but you want to split test to see what kind of video, uh, what kind of, what kind of video, what kind of format is going to help uh, resonate the most with the audience. And if you don't have a budget, you can do, you can test that organically. So you put one out one week, you can put one out the next week and put one out the third week. And that's how I'd go about doing it in terms of split testing organically and seeing which one resonates with your audience members the most. Just, uh, can I just jump in there for a second yeah. there? And you may, you may touch on this when you get into setting up the paid campaigns as well, but when you're split testing creative like that, so you've got three different versions of the video, three different messaging within the video, would you, would you also be experimenting with the, the text that you're posting alongside the video or, or with the video? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's a great, it's a great point, Ben. So not only, I mean, you could split test anything, right? So you could split test, you could have the same video and you could split test the headlines and the copy within and the thumbnail within each of the video ads that you're putting out. Right. So, so the video content you're putting out. So if you wanted to test, use the same video, but see if different headlines and different copy um, result in a different cause, a different result or cause more engagement, you could do that. Right. And to be honest, if you've got a small budget, that would probably be the best way to go about split testing. Cause you get to save time in terms of video, like creating the actual video and editing the video and the production behind it as well. But again, you don't have to be fancy with on the video creation side of things. You don't have to be fancy because you could literally just get your iPhone and film, set it up on a little tripod or even just like if you go super basic, not, not fancy at all, just do a little selfie video. Um, but it really goes back to what I was saying before about your brand guidelines and how you want to uh, come across to your intended target market. Um, so yes, you could, you could split, split test simply just the copy and the headlines and the thumbnail of the video. Cool. Awesome. So carry on. What's next? Um, so after that, I'd recommend, um, so from an ad perspective, so let's talk about setting up an ad campaign. So, um, if you're purely just trying to generate um, awareness at the top of the funnel, um, you'd want to work out firstly who your audience is and like build those audiences first. So the best way to go about doing that would be to go into the audience section of Facebook and work out if it's a small regional uh, town in, in country Australia, obviously the first um, targeting metric you want to make sure um, you're optimizing for is that you're only targeting people within the geographic radius of your business in that small country town or just within that town specifically, because there's no point in targeting people in Perth. If you're running, if you're a small law, law firm on the sunshine coast, do you know what I mean? Um, and then you want to work out, okay, so who's, who's our, who's the, what's the primary demographic of the people that we're trying to target uh, to begin with, you could start with just targeting 18 to let's assume it's 18 to 25 year olds. Let's say that, your understanding of your business's um, audience is that the most people likely to be interested in getting help with all their speeding fines are 18 to 25 year olds. Cause stereotypically speaking, they have like heavier foots, right? Um, so you create, you can just do your targeting as basic as that. Cause I feel like parking with uh, parking, so parking fines with speeding fines, it's uh, it's a very uh, every man type of problem. Like a lot of people get 
guess feeding funds, right? So you could just do a simple uh, audience if it's small t- country town, that audience, like I said, 18 to 25 in a small country town. And you could just, that, that audience might have 20 to 30,000 people in it, right? And then in terms of the camp, then you want to create your campaign. So in terms of creating the campaign, you want to create uh, a video awareness campaign. And a video awareness campaign is from a campaign uh, perspective is a campaign which is created that is optimized to get as many video views uh, from your that, that target audience that we just defined, right? So you go to the ads manager on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash ads. You go to uh, create a new campaign, create a video campaign, uh, set your daily, uh, set your lifetime budget. The minimum lifetime budget you can set is $100. So just start with $100, name your campaign, then go into the ad set in the ad set and there's guided creation with Facebook ads, right? So it can, it'll hold your hand and help you through this process. So it's just, so don't feel too overwhelmed. So go into the ad set side of things and you can grab that audience that you've already created, or you can go and create your audience in that section as well. Click okay. You can um, define the date range uh, that you want it to run to. And you can also choose which platforms you want it to run across. So if you only want to target people on Facebook, you, on Facebook mobile, you can choose to only target people on Facebook mobile. If you only want to target people on Instagram, you can also do the same thing. Just keep in mind, if you are targeting people on Instagram, your video content can only be 60 seconds long, right? Um, and then from there, you go into the ad creation part, right? So you've created your campaign, you've created your ad set. Now it's time to create your ad. So you go to your, uh, the ad creation part of uh, this process and you grab your uh, video from your desktop or wherever it's living, you upload it to Facebook. In terms of uploading the video, I 100% recommend um, also uploading subtitles to your video because a lot of the time when people are looking at video on Facebook, they may be in a place where they can't actually listen to the audio, right? So uploading subtitles, which are .srt files to your video content, allow you to engage with a lot more people because they can actually see what the content's saying without having the audio on. And in terms of um, getting a, a subtitle transcript file f- uh, created for your video, you can write that out manually and add it to the video. You can do an auto-generated subtitle file, which I wouldn't really recommend because it's, I mean, it's okay, but it's auto-generated. So Facebook, uh, there's a lot of mistakes and a lot of the time it's just like gibberish. <laughs> and so it doesn't like Australian accents. <laughs> that's it as well. It just doesn't understand. Right, Ben. <laughs> and, um, so, um, there is a website called rev.com that's R E V.com. So if you go to rev.com, you can basically upload that same video to rev. They will have a human being trans transcribe that video for you and give you an, a Facebook ready sub rip SRT file, which you can then download. And it's only a dollar a minute us to um, transcribe, which is super cheap and super economical. So you can download that and then upload that SRT file to your video that you're up, that your video ad that you're creating, right? So we've got, let's do a checklist. Let me just remember what we've spoken about. Okay, so we've done the campaign. We've done the ad set. We're now creating the ad. We're uploading an ad, which is 1080 by 1080 pixels because that's the most optimal uh, in terms of capturing attention on, in the newsfeed. We've done that. We've added the SRT files so that we can, uh, so that we can, cover people that may not be able to use audio, but we still want to attach with our, uh, oh, still want to <laughs> get in front of with our video content. And then we've got the copy and the headline section, right? So we've got the copy, we pop the copy in, we pop the headline in, and then it's just a matter of uploading a thumbnail. If you want to upload a custom thumbnail and then you hit save and then you hit publish and then away you go. Let's just talk about, but before we move on a little bit, the custom thumbnails, because I know that for, for many people setting up video campaigns for the first time on Facebook, that the thumbnails can be, can be an interesting thing that they struggle with, particularly videos that contain elements of text. So I know that there are issues with, you know, more than 20% text in, in, in a video uh, or in a, an image and that applies to the thumbnail. So what, what do you say if you are going to be either selecting a thumbnail from the selection that Facebook gives you or creating yep. a custom thumbnail for, for the video ads? hundred percent. I guess um, in terms of general thumbnail const- construction, in my experience of uh, the thumbnails that tend to work the best, like if you go to my Facebook page or you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see that my face is pretty much in, all of the thumbnails and that's just basic, um, I guess, basic consumer psychology in terms of people relate more to a human being, especially if it's a professional services type vibe, like it's people relate to that, that human face, right? So 
I'd recommend just in terms of general thumbnail construction, making sure that you have a yourself facing the camera, smiling, I guess, um, in, in that thumbnail, you don't have to do it that way, but you'll find in, or in my experience, I find that you get a lot more engagement doing it that way in terms of the 20% rule. Uh, totally. It's a great point. So Facebook has a 20% rule, which is a 20% text rule, which basically denotes that if your image, any image, even if it's a thumbnail for a video, if it contains more than 20% text, Facebook will decrease the reach of your ad right? Or of your organic post. And that's basically because Facebook doesn't want people spamming um, their newsfeed or Facebook's newsfeed with, you know, heaps and heaps of texts like buy this or sign up for this or whatever. Like they want to keep it clean and uh, engaging. So that's why they've got that 20% text rule. And if you, like I said, if you do have more than 20% text, like your ad will be penalized. So even if you're throwing money at it, you will get a lower what's called relevant score because you're uh, you've got an image or a thumbnail which has more than 20% text. Um, so if you're just choosing a thumbnail from the auto-generated thumbnails that Facebook allows you to select from, then try and choose a thumbnail which doesn't have any text in it. If you're creating a thumbnail from scratch, uh, try to create a thumbnail which has less than 20% text in it. And if you're concerned about, oh, I don't know if this, this is 20% text or if it's you know, over or under, then there's a, another tool on Facebook called the text overlay tool. Um, I'll have to double, I'll get probably double check and pop it in the show notes, Ben, but I believe it's facebook.com forward slash text underscore overlay. Um, I might double check that in a sec, but yeah. basically what you, that allows you to do is you go to that URL. If not, just Google Facebook text overlay tool, go to that. And then you can upload. It's a tool that allows you to upload the thumbnail or the image of the Facebook ad or the Facebook organic image that you're trying to push out. And it just, goes back and gives you like a green tick, a yellow tick or a red tick. And it, if you get the green tick, which is what you want, then your ad's going to run normally or your organic content's going to run normally. So that means that you're not, uh, not risking losing any potential reach or wasting any ad dollars because you've got too much text in your image. Excellent. So we've got, let's, let's say we've got the, the ad set up. It's, it's basically all set up. It's looking great, ready to go. We've set a budget that we're happy with and we're, we're running this ad and you described at the outset that this is a video views ad. So the goal Correct. according to Facebook is to get a lot of eyeballs on this video to get views on this video. Right. So 100%. keep going with this because how, how does that move people through to actually become a client from us? Do, do they click through and then just become a client? Yep. Is it as easy as that? Yep. Yep. So not, not really as easy as that. And I'll try to keep this as simple as possible. So we'll, um, I'll, I'll, t I'll run everyone through how to do, this is a simple one, two step funnel, right? So this is what I've just described as the first step. And if you want to get a little bit more fancy in terms of uh, that split testing that we were talking about earlier, I'd recommend split testing at the ad level to begin with. And in the same way that I was talking about split testing, the organic parts um, of the copy and the headlines of your ads um, earlier in this conversation, you can duplicate at the ad level. You can duplicate that ad that we just spoke about, create a co copy in that, inside of that same ad set, test it, and you can test a different headline, test a different copy, test a different call to action if there is one. And you could also test a different thumbnail. Let's just say we're doing two different split tests, so two different variations of the same ad, right? And if you want to get even more fancy or once you get your head around it a little bit more, you can then also split test at the ad set level. So you could split test, simple split test you can do. The most simple split test I recommend people do is a male audience and a female audience, right? So going back to, we've got that small country town and um, you know we're targeting people between the ages of 18 and 25. And if we were targeting all genders in that first ad set, we'd want to change that first ad set to just targeting men, duplicate that ad set, and inside that duplicated ad set, we've already got those two duplicated split tests of the ads, right? And then the second ad set that we're targeting is just a female. One would be to males, one would be to females. So you've got two ad sets, both of the same ads. The only difference in targeting is one's for men, one's for women. So you can work out once you run the ad for say a week and you've spent $100, you can work out, okay, well, men are converting at a way or it's costing me a lot more. It's costing me 50 15 cents per 30 second views or 15 cents per, per view to get in front of men. Whereas it's only costing me seven cents per view to get in front of women. So that allows you to optimize your ad sets to get the lowest, the lowest cost per, per reach essentially. And then at the ad level, when you're optimizing, you can also turn off the ad that's underperforming, right? So one ad might be performing a lot better than the other ads. You just simply pause the ad that's not working very well. Right. Um, 
So in terms of um, the one, two funnel, how do we move people from the awareness part of the video to actually becoming a lead? The best thing that I'd recommend doing if you want to do it inside of Facebook would be you've created that awareness and you want, you've kind of qualified people in the sense that they've watched the video and they've engaged with it. And let's say we want to now retarget the people that have engaged the most. So you've outlined what the problem is that you're trying to solve for your audience at that first video, you've got an awareness, you've got an engaged audience based on that awareness that you've created through that video content at the very first stage of the funnel. And again, this is a one, two funnel. So we'll just ignore the middle of the funnel. So the next part would be creating a, some kind of lead gen, some, some kind of lead gen that based on the people that have already watched that video content to get them to either pick up the phone and hop, hop on the phone with you or to get their email address so you can contact them or whatever it is, whatever goal that you're trying to achieve, get a one-on-one -on -one meeting, whatever it is that you want to achieve, the next step would be converting that audience into an actual lead, right? Taking, that, taking them further down that process of building a relationship with your business, taking them from someone that has no idea who your business is to someone that's like, okay, I think I need some help. And these in terms of like minimizing my liability from all of these speeding fines that I've been getting. And I feel like these guys are the people that I should be talking to. So what I'd recommend doing is then creating another campaign in Facebook on Facebook ads, and you could create a simple lead, a lead ad campaign, right? And all of this is done inside of Facebook. So Facebook allows you to create a lead ad which is basically a way that uh, allows you to capture their phone number, their first name, uh, or their email address, whatever you want. And you would then retarget the people that have watched and can engage with your video content you've created in that first campaign. You want to retarget those people, the most engaged uh, people in that audience with this lead gen ad, right? So to do that, you'd create a campaign, you create that lead ad campaign, and you'd set the, uh, the lifetime budget. You then create an ad set. And in that ad set, you want to retarget people that have engaged with, let's say, more than 50% of your video, right? So in the audience section of Facebook, you can actually create what's called a video engagement audience, which is a custom audience based on the amounts of uh, the percentage of video that people have consumed uh, in uh, of that video content that you've already run, right? So you create that video audience and let's say that, uh, let's say the you're confident that if people watch, let's say more than 50% of your video, that's a, that's a flag to you telling you that they're engaged, they watch more than 50% of this audience, let's retarget them and see if we can convert them into, into a potential client, into, into a, just a, into a like semi lukewarm lead, right? So you and create just to that clarify, so I'll just jump in there for a second because just to yeah. clarify is there, uh, I assume that you, you would, recommend to be able to create multiple step ones as well. So multiple of those uh, awareness type videos, maybe, maybe they're split tested or maybe they're just, you know, multiple different videos at that awareness level. Um, and then to bundle them all into that custom audience of 50% or more. 100%. So actually selecting 50% of any of these videos gets them into this custom audience for step two. Yep. Yeah, 100%. You can definitely do that. Or and if you want, depending on your budget and how you set your campaigns up, you could even create different ad sets based on the different videos that you've created as well, right? So if you wanted to split test the conversion rate of the different videos that you created in the first step of your funnel, you could also do that. Or if you want to just do it like more simple, less fancy, you could just bundle everyone together and run your lead gen ads to those that most engaged audience, 100%. Hey, Ben here. I just want to take a moment to help you out with something. If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free Foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three-part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why, so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations. I can't wait to see you there. So with the lead gen ad, so you are, you're still going to step us through the rest of it, but I'm interested in the creative because uh, obviously we can talk about video creative here for these lead gen ads. Would you recommend video at this stage or would you recommend moving to like a, a static still image or some other type of, of ad yep. type? So um, I guess coming full 360 in terms of what we were talking about before, uh, 
we don't we we don't know what works. Like I'm I'm okay at marketing, still don't know what works. Like I've created some of the most amazing ads in my mind, like in my life recently, <laughs> and I've thrown lots of money at them. And I'm like, this ad is gonna be so sick, Ben. This this ad is gonna be the best. This is gonna absolutely crush. I put all this effort into making a sexy thumbnail. The copy's on point. It like the video, it's like super fancy. It looks so sick. I'm like, this is gonna dominate. Then I run the ads and because I split test, you know, got to drink my own Kool-Aid, got to split test everything. I also create like a less fancy version of that same video ad. I might also create a static version of that video ad. And I'm like, wait, to myself, this, the, the one that I love the most, it's going to dominate. I know my audience, it's going to dominate. And then I run the ads for about a week, spend 150 bucks. What do you know? The ad that's the, sh- the ads that looks the worst that I thought was going to be absolutely crap, but I just threw in there just to split test because you know, you never know what's going to work outperforms all the others. I spent close to zero time on it compared to creating that really, really sexy ad that I was like so stoked on. I was telling you about earlier and I'm like, okay, well the data is telling me that it's costing me 50 cents less to generate this lead on this really crappy ad that I thought was crap. That's all right. Although I guess that's the ad that I'm running with. So I guess that's my long way of answering your question in terms of, we don't know, you, you never know. And going back to like, uh, again, what I was saying earlier in the conversation, like we don't, as marketers, like it's our job just to test to see what works and then to use the data to guide the optimizations and to guide the content that we're pushing out, uh, I guess in, in, in total. Right. So yeah, to answer your question, I would recommend doing all three. <laughs> oh, sorry, both. Do, do, yeah. a, do a static version. Yeah. Split, split test, split test, split test. Yeah. Yeah. If, 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 if there's, gotcha. if for everyone listening, if there's one thing that I, you can leave this uh, this podcast with, it is that you need a split test because often, more often than not, if not all the time, what you think your audience is going to respond to probably isn't going to happen, right? And that's why you have the split test because if you weren't split testing, you wouldn't know and you'd be like, look, I've just spent all this money on these ads. I've generated close to zero leads. I don't understand what's going on. and that, that challenge, that frustration, that, that obstacle that you're trying to overcome could have simply be overcome just by doing a few split tests and letting the data guide and tell you what's actually going to work. So when creating a lead ad, I recommend creating, you could create a video version of the ad and then you could create a static version of the ad and then you could create another video version of the ad. Maybe just call it one and two. Just, just create one, just a simple A-B split test. Create one video version of the ad and create a static version of the ad and see what works. Yeah. And when you, when you think about the messaging at this lead ad stage of the funnel, this one, two funnel that you're walking us through here, what's the difference in the actual content of yep. either the video or, or the text yep. in the ad? hundred percent. So keep in mind now we are running ads to an audience, which is lukewarm, right? They've already engaged with your content before. They know a little bit about you and it's not like, you're rolling up to them and being like, Hey, hit us up for a phone call so we can help you get out of your speeding fines. They'd be like, Who, who's this, who's this guy? I don't, I, I, I'm not interested, but you've got a little bit of a relationship with them now. So it's all at this stage of the funnel. It's all about escalating that relationship, right? So you could escalate that relationship. If we're just doing a one, two funnel, we're generating a lead and try and generate that lead. Or you could escalate it with providing them some more value. You could provide them with what's called a lead magnet, which is basically a small slice of value, which is based on whatever your core offer is going to be. If the core offer is going to be your consulting law services for them to get out of that speeding fine, a lead magnet might be a like little cheat sheet, 10 things you didn't know about your rights when getting pulled over for a speeding fine by a police officer in the state of Queensland. That could be a lead magnet. Now, in terms of the messaging and the, the way in which you talk to the people, it's going to be a little bit different because you have got a little bit of relationship with them, right? So, you can come with something super simple. It could be, Hey, noticed, um, noticed you and you watched, um, you saw our video about whatever the video at the start of the funnel was. Um, let us know if there's anything we can do to help you get uh, out of, um, your latest speeding fine or, uh, click, click below to, um, for, if you'd like us to get in contact with you, have a quick little obligation free chat about, um, your rights as, uh, a, a driver in, in the state of Queensland. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of yeah. like, it's a little bit more personal because you've, they've already been a little bit pre-qualified and you already know that you're, uh, they've got a problem that you're able to help them solve and you should construct your copy in a way in which you approach your audience around knowing that, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, just on that, because I think this is an interesting one when it comes to retargeting or remarketing as to how uh, how obvious you are about the remarketing approach that you're taking with a potential target. Because I've, I've heard mixed things and I, I've tried mixed things myself. Um, and I've also heard that, uh, you know, Facebook potentially looks down on uh, wording or content within a re- retargeted ad, which makes it seem like you're stalking someone. So using words like, uh, you know, Hey, we saw you watched this video. Therefore now we're showing you this. Um, so being, being really specific about the fact that you're seeing this because you watched this can sometimes uh, be a negative things. It depends on how you phrase it. Of course, for some people it's like, okay, well now I don't want to engage with you because you're like stalking me, even though that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, what do you say to that? Like that, whether you should be explicit about this yep. retargeting, a, a, a few or things, whether a few you should things. pull back. Yeah, so I'll play. I'll play uh, devil's advocate to that. Um, <laughs> so, Facebook has a thing called relevant score, right? And relevant score, in a nutshell, is <laughs> there's a. If you want to learn more, there's a quick little subtle plug. But go to my website. There's a whole. Uh, I've just written a whole article on. Um, six tips to improve your uh, relevant score on Facebook. But relevant score is Facebook's metric in terms of them letting you know how relevant the ads and content that you're running are to your audience, right? Now, Serratus Paribus, all other things being equal, the more relevant your ad, your copy, your content that you're running to your audience, the higher relevant score is. And the higher relevant score is, again, Serratus Paribus, the lower cost per conversion, the lower cost per click that you're going to be getting. Now, if you think about Facebook in terms of its user experience, how it makes its money, all that kind of thing, it wants to be giving its users the best user experience possible. And if you think about your business in terms of most businesses, all businesses essentially solve a problem, right? If you're getting in front of your audience, whether it be through retargeting or just through cold targeting or through whatever, and you're getting in front of that audience and you're helping them solve their problem and they're engaging with your content, then your relevant score is going to be through the roof because it's people actually engaging and clicking on it. Now, to agree with you a little bit on what you've said, if, you're, if you've created copy and you've created content which is disenfranchising to your audience, if they feel creeped out by what you're saying to them, then they're probably going to like not engage. They're not going to click on your ad or they might even like go as far as going, clicking a little uh, button at the top being like, I don't want to see this ad or going, clicking the button, this ad is a stalking me or this ad's harassment or whatever, right? Now, Facebook algorithms takes takes that uh, data from the user into account. And if it's negative feedback, that's going to lead to your relevant score being decreased. But if it's positive feedback, AKA people are reacting um, in a positive way, or people are commenting, or people are actually clicking and giving you their personal information so that you can follow them up with a phone call, or you can get their, capture them as a lead. That's going to be a positive uh, signal for Facebook's relevant score, which means that your relevant score is going to be higher and it's going to be more appropriate for your audience. So, I would say the long and the short of it, you're right. You, it, I think, feel like that's right and it's also wrong. It all comes down to your audience, which again, and the content and the, and the copy that you're using, which again, all comes down to split testing, what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, I love that because I love what you've highlighted there is the importance of any any marketing, whether it be direct response type yep. advertising yep. or whether it be organic content marketing. You, yep. you need to have your your audience, yep. your intended customer in mind first. You, know, you don't want to be harassing them. That's you don't want to seem like you're stalking them or being yep. creepy. Wait, uh, sorry, so, sorry, and if, you're doing it, if you're doing it well... Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say before I forget, just literally, this is, this is, this is a, little fun, a little bit off topic, but it's, it's a good one. So... <laughs> so my, my brand, <laughs> I, I've spent like, like hundreds of thousands of dollars on Facebook ads, like probably mil, like over million, like I would say not my own money, but like managing client spends and client media budgets. I've spent million, like, yeah, I would say over a million dollars easily on Facebook and Instagram ads. Right now I've, for my own brand, I've spent close to, I don't know, 40, $50,000 on Facebook ads. Cause I love Facebook ads and it's just, I just love it. And it's just the best. Now, Back in the day when I was building my brand, one of my goals was, okay, I want to work out how to retarget people and build my Facebook page likes based on people that have visited my audience. So visited my website. Now I know because I'm a data nerd and I've got a lot of data on all of my like Google analytics and my brand and all that kind of stuff. My brand resonates the most with men between the ages of 19 and 27, right? Men, 19 to 27. They're my most engaged audience. 
Now, if I want to generate a, a lead from, like I was saying before, maybe I want to use that Facebook lead ad mechanism. If I want to generate a lead to that audience from men, that, that age demo in men, it's going to cost me at least $1.20 to $1.25 less per lead than what it is going to cost me to run that same ad content, copy, whatever to women in the exact same demographic and sociographic targeting. Now, what we're saying before about the stalking thing, I was like, Hmm, how do I, <laughs> how do I increase my relevance to women? How do I build my audience? Like I want to get more women in my audience. I want to have a greater relationship with women in, in that, that audience. Like how do I do that? So I was like, Hmm, what if I retarget women that have the most engaged in my audience? And I also did this to men as well. Cause it's just a curious thought experiment. And these are, these are the things I do with my spare time, Ben. So I run an ad and the ad, uh, it's a little video ad. It was a retargeting ad and it was only shown to people that had visited my website 24 hours after they visited my website. And the goal of the ad was a page likes ad. And the content was, a, it was like 20 seconds, um, 20 second piece of video content went something along the lines of, um, G'day, Paul Ramada here. Thanks so much for stopping by my website. If you'd like to learn more digital marketing tips, hacks, and how-tos, please hit the like button and I'll see you soon. Peace. That was the ad. Little video ad, me doing that, right? The copy of the ad, which is the fun part, was, hey, I've been stalking you. <laughs> literally, literally what the copy said, dot, dot, dot. And then I had like two little eyeball emojis. Ran that ad to women. I've never had an ad convert more and get engaged with more with women in my audience than what that ad did. Now, why did that happen? We well, because it's creepy. It's creepy as, um, yeah, it's creepy as, yeah, it's very creepy. Try not to swear here. Uh, it's very creepy. Um, but it was also a fun little thought experiment because I was like, I wonder if I can use the copy to frame and elicit a better reaction. Now it was a great performing ad and it generated likes, but again, just little, just little fun little tidbit in terms of what you can and can't do with can can do with Facebook ads. And then on that point, um, literally using the word stalk in the copy resulted in a lower cost per like uh, to the female target audience than I had than any other ad set or campaign that I'd run before. There you go, the power of testing and that's split it. testing. That's it, and, and seeing and, and what and works. Yeah. That's it, man. And that's it. And it's like you don't know what's going to work, and that's why you just always got to test. Always got to test. Awesome. Cool. So look, just to, just to start to wrap up here, um, I know we've kind of gone through a pretty simple, a simple one, two funnel, as you called it there, which I think starts to give people an understanding of the importance of being strategic about how they're mapping out the, the flow, the ideal flow of their ideal audience through their, through their ad strategy. Um, and the way, and some great tips there on using video as well as part of that. So, you know, I guess obviously it's clear that you can get, super ninja and ultra complicated with your strategies as well with your funnels. Um, and I know that that's a lot of what you do as well with your clients, but if we were just to, to wrap up here with just any general tips, I guess, for people who are considering running Facebook video ads for the first time, yep. maybe they've experienced some ads so running some ads, but not video ads previously yep. with some mixed results you know, what would you say to people who are experimenting with using video ads, particularly yep. on Facebook and getting started? hundred percent. So, uh, start really meta, go, go to your whiteboard, go to your notepad. What does your business do? What problem does your business solve? Why would people want to do business with you? <laughs> like, what are you actually selling? Why are you selling it? Work all those things out, work out what pain points does your audience have? How can your business's service help minimize those pain points? Then work out what video content can you create? What content can you create that allows you to help solve that pain point, allows you to minimize that pain point, solve that problem, create the content, and then go and split test and work out what works. And then the other thing I will say that I forgot to mention in there is who is your target audience? Who are they? What do they look like? Who's your avatar? work out like four different avatars for your business. And for those that don't know what avatar is, it's, 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 it's an, it's a great movie, but it's basically working out what, uh, what does your ideal customer look like? Like I just said earlier, my, you know, ideal customer between you know, 19, 26, 27, um, male that's, you know, into entrepreneurship and, you know, into video content, all that kind of stuff. Like that would be an, an example of what my perfect avatar is, right? Let's say to go full circle, 
who would be the perfect avatar for this hypothetical law firm that wants to um, help people get out of their speeding fines? Let's say that their perfect avatar based on the business, the, the customers they've already got in their business, which is a great place to start. If you don't know like who your audience is, look at who your current clients are. You know what I mean? Like pick, pick Fred, right? Fred, Fred's, Fred uses our services all the time. He's got a big lead foot. He's 19 years old. He's got a Holden HSV. Well, I don't know much about cars. He's got a really fast car, right? Lo lo <laughs> loves the speed. Doesn't like paying fines, right? He, he's, you know, he might be white collar, white be blue collar, whatever. He lives in this suburb, right? Cool. You've just worked out a really basic avatar. Now work out another one. Work out who the female avatar equivalent of Fred might be Frederico, I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like work out who your avatar is. And then once you've got all those fundamental, just basic marketing, understanding, business, uh, overarching business and marketing fundamentals in place, then you can go and create content and reverse engineer the content based on the problems that you're solving, the appropriate audience that you're trying to get in front of. And then all really, if you do that correctly, Ben, everything else just falls into place because you've already created the content for your perfect target audience. When you get to the ad set side of things, it's like, Oh, well, I know exactly who I need to target. I've just got to put the little da the data points into the ad set. I've already got the content created. I already know what pain points I'm trying to solve. Now it's just a matter of getting some budget behind it and putting it in front of my you know, ideal audience. Yeah. And I think what you've said plenty of times as well is then, then test, then split test, then yep. see what works. That's so it. And I didn't want to say it again because I felt like I just, just you've said it enough. Grave, yeah, but then test. I think Come on guys, you've got to test. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And a great place to, to end the conversation and wrap it up here today. So I appreciate all the insight you've been able to provide today, Paul. And um, I know that from my own experience that you've got a lot more insight that you can provide just by jumping on paulramondo.com and checking out your website because articles, videos, plenty of great stuff there. So is that the best place for people to find out more about either working with you or learning from you or engaging with you further? Yeah, hundred percent. Ben, I mean, firstly, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, if you guys want to learn more about me, if you want to learn more about Facebook ads or just marketing in general, or even funnels in general and how to do, if you want to do a deep dive on everything that we discussed today, I've got just so much free content on my website. It's uh, paulramondo.com. That's P-A-U-L-R-A-M-O-N-D-O.com. And the funniest thing is, or the funniest, the greatest thing is talk about funnels, right, Ben? You go on my website, and you scroll down, you'll literally see a marketing funnel on the homepage and it's a little filter and it just asks you, what can I help you with, right? What problem am I trying to solve? What problem can I help you with? You can, I've, you can filter all of my content based on how to increase website visitors, how to generate leads and how to amplify sales. And that's all on the homepage and it'll just give you all of my content based on what goal you're trying to achieve. You can filter it down a little bit more into video content, into blog content, whatever. Go to the website, have a look. And yeah, I look forward to connecting with you. And honestly, like hit me up on whatever, Instagram, Facebook. I'm very responsive. Send me an email. If you anything I can help you with, just let me know. Sounds like you are drinking your own Kool-Aid, Paul. 100. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us, mate. It's been great. And uh, I look forward to hearing your feedback from this episode. So again, so Paul Romondo, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for listening, guys. So that's a wrap then for episode 61 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. What did you think of Paul Ramondo? I, for one, headed straight off after this chat to influence some of what we discussed in some Facebook video ads that we've got running for ourselves and our clients. He really knows his stuff, hey? Now, a reminder that you'll find all the links to Paul and his courses at Funnels 101 over at the show notes page, engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 61. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd love you to leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Now, as always, don't be a stranger. You can reach me on Twitter or Instagram at engage underscore Ben. And come on, let's chat one-to-one. -one. And before you go, I've got to build some excitement for next week's show because I've finally nailed down the awesome Brian Fanzo from iSocialFans to join me on the show. So next week, in episode 62, we'll be chatting with Brian all about connecting with and marketing to millennials through video. And we cover off heaps more as well. So here's a taste of the interview next week with Brian Fanzo. So I think in today's day and age, there's, we have so much information and so many tools at our disposal that we kind of get, we get stuck oftentimes either afraid to do something new or we're so overwhelmed, we're chasing every shiny object. You know, and I host a podcast 
called FOMO fans, which stands for the fear of missing out. So I, I love FOMO. I'm all about the shiny object. But when, I, when we're looking at marketing, we have to market to where our customer is today, but listen to where our customer is going tomorrow. And I think one of the things that really became a frustration for me was that I would build strategies, help brands see the light. Um, we would start doing these new things, but they would never start. They would come up with all these excuses. Well, the lighting's not perfect, or maybe it's not the best time, or this is our down season, or we need to focus on sales. And so it became a, it came a massive frustration because the only way to embrace this new change is to do it, right? You have to put one foot in front of the other and actually put it out there. All right, so you got to hit that subscribe button and tune back in next week for the full chat with Brian Fanzo. And until then, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I want to help you engage your ideal audience to action through strategic online video. So keep being awesome, and I'll be back with you real soon. Did you know that your email list can often become the most valuable asset to your business? If you've been building your business for any time at all and haven't yet built an email list, then now's the time to get started. Or maybe you've got an email list but struggle to make the most of it. I want to introduce you to my email list provider and I know you're going to love them too. ConvertKit is the email provider built by creators for creators. The team at ConvertKit have been in our shoes and they know what it takes to grow a successful business. And your email list is the tool that will get you there. The best thing is that ConvertKit is seriously easy to use, powerful, but intuitive. Personally, I've tried a handful of email service providers over the years, Aweber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, but since switching to ConvertKit over 12 months ago, I seriously have not looked back. And as an engaged video marketing podcast listener, I've arranged for you to get your first 30 days of ConvertKit absolutely free. Normally, you only get 14 days if you sign up direct through their website. So to give it a try for 30 days, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash ConvertKit. Now, this is my affiliate link. So if you do become a ConvertKit customer, then you'll be supporting this show and investing in your business through clever email marketing at the same time. So it's a win-win. The link again, engagevideomarketing.com slash convertkit.